We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski and Dan Roberts on SENZ. Very good morning. Welcome into Dog Speed. It is the very last edition of Dog Speed, but we won't dwell on that for long because we have got a bumper program. In fact, quite a few people. In fact, I'm not alone this morning. I've got uh, Elizabeth Whelan with me, the Chief Operating Officer of Greyhound Racing New Zealand, and then two other men down in the Christchurch studio. We'll get to very shortly. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, Happy New Year. Welcome to Dog Speed, the, the final edition. Happy New Year, Mark. Uh, massive thank you to you and the team for everything that you've done over the past. I'm losing track of time, but about a year or so with SEN. It's been, it's been fantastic having the show every Sunday. I have no doubt this won't be the end, probably in a few months. Potentially we could be back. But um, the band's back together today. I can see down in Christchurch you've got Dan Roberts and also Andy McCook back in the studio, which is uh, exciting. Indeed we do. Um, thank you too, by the way, for the opportunity that we've had um, to talk about Greyhounds on a Sunday, which is a whole heap of fun, and we've got around the... Uh, Greyhound community as much as we can. The original host was one Andy McCook, who I see is making a uh, guest appearance in the last show. But uh, Dan Roberts took over the mantle. Dan, uh, good morning to you. G'day, Rosso. Happy New Year, mate. Yeah, look, same to you. Um, you obviously felt you couldn't do the show alone uh, this morning as well, as you make your way out to Motokarara for a couple of drives that we'll talk about uh, a little later. So um, you better introduce uh, the original, the man whose place you took. Yeah, he's back from retirement, Rosso. Um, he was going to tag along just for a few beers, I think, but I uh, thought we'd better get him working. Andy, g'day. G'day, mate. G'day, guys. Pleasure to be back along for uh, for the final show. That's a bit of a scary thing, isn't it, Rosso? I remember when we started back doing this in Australia. That was a, a wee while ago, and uh, it's growing from uh, from strength to strength there, especially when I, uh, I hung up the old cans and, and this young fella here took over. I think the show's just improved out of sight. Oh, don't be like that, Andy. Um, I thought we'd just um, have a bit of a chat about what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, and I think in the Petoni studio, it's fair to say that we've been having quite a good time um, away from our respective jobs and uh, and a genuine holiday. But I know for people who uh, train greyhounds, um, there kind of is no Christmas. So, uh, Dan, what have you been up to? Uh, nah, same old, mate. Just dogs every day. Every day, dogs. Driving to Cambridge but, even but in between. Oh, I saw that, mate. Yeah, good effort. Um, but you love it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Um, Christmas morning, you sort of think what you're doing but with your life, but now you get out there and get into it and then go open your presents. It's uh, good. Wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly. Uh, Andy McCook, I'd imagine you're the same. Uh, yeah, public holidays. What are they? Uh, Greyhound trains about the only people in that I know that they don't seem to get them, but uh, that's fine. We, as Dan said, it's the life we choose and we uh, we carry on. Well, to be fair, it's not really the life I've chosen. That's been a commentator. I just kind of get dragged along for the ride with no real choice, kicking and screaming, but uh, that's what happens. And uh, Christmas morning, I woke up, did the dogs. I didn't get presents, though. Dan's lucky, I guess. Mm, yeah, indeed. We've got more friends, Andy. Um, time and a half day in lieu, you pay yourself, though, don't you? Hey, Pay yourself? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, Elizabeth, you and I have actually had a little bit of time off, uh, which, which is kind of nice. I feel guilty even even saying that. I've been up in Wanganui for a couple of weeks enjoying mum's roasts. Um, 
spending some time with a retired greyhound. My uncle's in the WBC syndicate up there in Wanganui, and he's got a wild effective at home. He's nearly 10, and I tell you what, that dog's still ready to get there, out there and race. I thought my holiday was going to finish on a real high on Friday. I got the bus back from Wanganui to Wellington. That part definitely wasn't the high. Hmm. Um, Uber to Petoni, range the Petoni TAB because my dog was running that I'm in with Mark Lynn. Go again, trained by one Janine McCook. And I thought I'm going to back this dog. Um, Andy, that was one of the sickest beats that I have ever seen with Go Again, quite frankly, there on Friday. It was, it was tragic. It was tragic, wasn't it? I just about fell over in the call because I thought – She's just about to make her way to the lead here. And then as I'm back through the tail end, as suddenly she was with them. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? This is not right. That wasn't part of the plan. But that's uh, what happens when you try and rail a little bit too early. She needs a little jockey out there. Uh, race seven, go again. Aptly named on Tuesday. I think we just get on again, hopefully. Yep, I think so too. I, I was watching that and I felt uh, for you both, I've got to say. Uh, Andy, I know it's tough. Uh, it's a while since I've called my own dog, um, to be fair, uh, but I have. And um, yes, can be uh, quite a cruel game in that regard. Um, thought we might chat about, well, actually, this was your idea, Elizabeth, so I'm going to start with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, the top three <laughs> moments of the 2022. It's behind us now, um, but not very behind us. And it'd be nice to reflect on some of the racing highlights of the year. So what were your top three? I, I don't know if mine are actual racing highlights. I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone else's are, but in no particular order. Um, I loved seeing Opala Superstar winning the New Zealand Cup. Um, the Greyhound was um, one of the standout middle distance performance throughout the uh, previous season. I think he got his reward uh, winning the New Zealand Cup, and the fate he's getting 10 is just phenomenal. Opala racing getting their fifth New Zealand Cup. Um, but the other two standout moments for me were the Jerry and Z Awards back in September. Um, Trevor Wilkes, um, we all know him from Trackside, he is one of the nicest humans in the universe, not just at Trackside in the world in my opinion, he had absolutely no idea that he was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and that spontaneous standing ovation from the entire room there uh, down in Christchurch I thought was magnificent and then um, my other highlight was being at the Nationals at Wentworth Park back at the end of August, part of a New Zealand contingent there to cheer on No Keeper um, I, knew no, I knew Gary Cleave pretty well prior to that series, knew him very well by the end of the series and when those greyhounds came out for the distance final which um, no keeper ended up finishing fourth and being at Wentworth Park and then playing the New Zealand national anthem was just an incredible moment and I'm sure one that Gary will treasure for the rest of his life. Outstanding. Um, Dan Roberts what about you your, your top three highlights I don't know if you can slip anything personal in here we'll see. Nah Liz has actually stolen a couple of mine so I'm not real happy about Sorry. it but uh, <laughs> I also had a power superstar I think uh, that was probably one of the best performances I've seen, uh, especially in the New Zealand Cup, so it's probably on top for me. Uh, the other one was no keeper in the silver collar. I was actually in Colombia at the time, and I thought uh, I'd better tune into the race and <laughs> managed to somehow do that, and uh, I thought that was a phenomenal win. Third one for me, uh, a wee bit personal, but I'm going to go with Talbingo Bale in the Waterloo Cup. He, uh, he jumped straight to the lead, and that, that was lights out, and he copped a sublime 29.88 around Auckland. Andy McCook, what about you? Top three in 2022? I'm still trying to pick myself up off the floor after the guy who says he doesn't get a holiday then reels out he was in Colombia watching the Silver Collar. I'm not quite sure how that works. Um, I, I don't want to sound uh, I don't want to sound like I'm coughing everyone here, but the, the New Zealand Cup had to be up there, obviously, for a couple of reasons. For me, it was uh, obviously one of the best New Zealand Cups I think you'll ever see in Superstar uh, a well-deserved winner of it. The Fahey's grabbing their 10th Cup. What more can you say about them and, uh, and their tutelage of greyhounds and and obviously be my first call of the big race as well, which was uh, on, a, on a personal note pretty uh, pretty special for me. Um, 
Going to keep it a little bit personal as well. Uh, Epic Cruz breaking 30 seconds. Uh, unfortunately, he's on the sideline with injury at the moment, but um, been a, a really super dog for us, and he's run second in some pretty good races. Uh, one, you know, we, we obviously bred him in conjunction with the Mays, and uh, he's been at home on the property his whole life and to, uh, to, to run second in some big races, but to break the 30-second barrier at Addington was pretty special. And Rosso, I'm going to sound a bit old here and probably way in front of my time, but seeing so many young trainers coming through and, and doing a, a good job, you know, you look throughout... New Zealand and every single region's got got young trainers from the Sammy Phillips and the Riley Evans to the Sean Codlins and the, you know, the Emma Potts and what and uh, you know that seeing the young people coming through is uh, really really special and I don't think I've missed any young trainers off that list with ability have I, Rosso? <laughs> Maybe no, the guy sitting next to me. I'm not sure. Oh, Maybe not the guy sitting next to me. <laughs> I hadn't even considered Dan Roberts to be fair, but um, but yeah, anyway, right. there's a, there's, a, there's a whole list, Andy, and it's uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, it's something that uh, that fills me with hope as well. Uh, no keepers, uh, Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar obviously was an outstanding performance and a terrific race set up by Thrilling Rogue from the front. And of course that dog's gone on. And uh, having Mr. Fahrenheit from a small CD kennel run third as well, I thought that was just an outstanding uh, race. And of course Aaron White's first call of the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, Andy McCook's first call of the New Zealand Cup, a power superstar had to be in the list. And I know it's only quite recent, but um, Postman Pat's Far South Challenge where he burned past Opawa Superstar was, was something else. And from a personal note, um, watching a dog like Postman Pat come to Manawatu and first up uh, run within a tenth of a second of the track record and, and put away dogs like Allegro Warrior by seven and a half is something extraordinary as well. So a lot to look forward to in 2023. A lot to look forward to this afternoon because young Dan Roberts, is he a better driver than a greyhound trainer? That's what we've got to decide, I suppose. But, Dan, you've got a couple of drives this afternoon at Motokarara. So here's another extension of Trot Talk like we did not so long ago with your dad. And race two, number four, Cool Moon. Now, I know a few of the Go Ask Clint syndicate. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what they were saying after that last performance where, uh, where Cool Moon went into a gallop, Dan, when you took the reins. But um, they do have driver. faith in you, I can assure you. <laughs> So what can we expect from the 30 to, 30 to 1 shot in race 2 today? Uh, hopefully not another gallop, but um, he's uh, number 4, but he comes into barrier 2, which is pretty handy. He's got pretty good gate speed. Uh, the favourite's drawn 1, which probably isn't ideal. I'd, I'd like to try cross it if I could, but uh, he's, he's, he's handy enough, Rosso, as long as he um, doesn't gallop again. I mean, he's, he's going to win one pretty soon, I think. He's, uh, he's got, got a wee bit of ability, so with the right run, he's definitely a top 3 chance. Just a wee bloke, isn't he? He's a bit like you. Yeah, he's only a wee fella, so he probably doesn't want to be lugging uh, too much weight around. So it's a bit unfortunate that I had a few Christmas pies, but um, he'll have to deal with that. Hey, race eight, number four, Razor's Edge, you're driving. You, you drove last start as well. It's in the market too, uh, 7.5. How would you pick up that drive? Uh, I actually work for Jimmy Geddes. I've been working for him for just over a year now, I think. Um, so... We've got a pretty good relationship and a pretty good thing going on there. Um, he's away uh, on a cruise at the moment, lucky him. Uh, so I've uh, got the joys of taking the horse over and, and get to drive him as well. Um, he's, he's been going really good, uh, finishing his races off really well. He's just another one that's probably just needs a wee bit of luck early and uh, he'll be he'll be finding the line nicely. So if he can get a decent run at them, he, he's definitely a, a good chance of winning the race. Well, you're giving a decent push for your drives here, Dan. Um, I've got to ask <laughs> you about Luna Rosa too. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're driving and not Andy McCook. Uh, race five, number 10, Luna Rosa, um, a trotter that's already won a race for, uh, for Angela Washington and, and, and your dad, Craig Roberts. Um, 
He's uh, blown out in the market to 16. Johnny Cox doing the driving. Is she a chance today? Yeah, she got things wrong last start, but prior to that, uh, her two starts after winning the race was uh, two two pretty handy fourths where she was uh, leading up and having to do it from the front where she sort of just blew out a wee bit. So tried to drive her uh, with a bit more of a sit last start, and obviously she got things wrong swinging for home and ultimately galloped. But she's uh, she those two fourths, she sort of indicated that she's probably not far away from winning another race. She's just got to get things right and get the right run. So she's probably worth a wee each way bet at those odds. Excellent. Well, I've gone from zero bets at Mott today to three, so um, you're doing well <laughs> for the code there, Dan, and uh, you're doing well for the Greyhound code as well. This is Dog Speed here on SENZ in association with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Don't forget that the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club are racing this afternoon, and the first of their 12 races underway at 105. You can find all the field and form and replays on grnz.co.nz. Very shortly, we're going to catch up with the Chief Executive Officer of Greyhound Racing New Zealand, Edward Rennell. And we welcome in the CEO of Greyhound Racing New Zealand, uh, Edward Rennell. Uh, Edward, a real pleasure to have you on the show and thanks for your time on a Sunday. You've been the CEO from uh, September the 1st. So I'm going to jump in with uh, a nice big one to start with because I, I guess the biggest thing on what's been a, a pretty large agenda for you very quickly is the government review process into Greyhound Racing. So are you able to explain where that currently sits, what happens next, and and when, some sort of timeline for us? Yeah, morning, Mark. Morning, team. Um, yeah, so the Ministerial Review um, was undertaken by, or the RIB were undertaking a progress review in terms of progress that GRNZ and in the industry had made around animal welfare following the Robertson Review in 2021. So the RIB's report went to the Minister on the 12th of December. Um, we we haven't seen the report um, it, as we speak at the moment. Um, we're assuming that we will get the opportunity to review and comment on that in January. Um, with a view, the Minister's advised that he'll be looking to make a decision in terms of the future of the industry. Um, we'll go back to the February Cabinet meeting. So clearly in January we'll get the opportunity to review the report, hopefully make comment thereon. Um, the other thing GRNZ did is we put in our own submission um, to the Minister on the 12th of December, which outlined all the steps we'd taken to try and improve and address animal welfare concerns, um, outlined also what the plans are for 2023 in that space. So it was quite a compelling case that we put forward, um, we believe. So we'll be looking forward to sharing that with um our participants and putting that on our website later in the month once we get clearance from the officials. Edward, you're a vastly experienced racing administrator. In the time that you've been involved in greyhound racing, how have you found that process of the ministerial review and how confident are you in a positive outcome for the code? Yeah, I think it surprised me how all-encompassing it was. Um, when I came in, I was, may have been a wee bit naive in terms of the process, but you know, the RIB had a team of five that were working on it, uh, which tied up three or four of our, our team pretty much in terms of addressing issues and responding to queries that were raised. So it certainly was you know, all-encompassing. Um, what I am you know, proud of is the effort that our team put in to respond to that and the steps taken, I think, um, certainly will, will put us in, I think, a, a good position. Um, 
when I reflected on it prior to Christmas, I don't think there's anything more GRNZ could have done, and I think the industry's been supportive of a number of the changes that were initiated. And um, I, I get annoyed when I hear people say the status quo is not an option. Now, I would argue for the last year we haven't been operating under status quo, and there's been a hell of a lot of changes made, and will continue to be made to enhance animal animal welfare. So, yeah, there's been sterling progress made and will continue to be made. Edward, I think that the description that you've used to describe um, what's been going on the last few months is all-encompassing is very apt. I know that before you started at GRNZ, you were wondering why I wasn't home in time for Shortland Street every night, but I quickly come into the role, and I know you've been working very long hours. Um, one of your babies, Edward, I know is education. So um, in terms of what's coming up, Edward, could you just maybe go through, um, first of all, that education roadshow, which is kicking off uh, next week around the country, and then later on, um, coming up to licensing renewal time, we're also going to have that continuous professional development program coming in. Yeah, thanks, Liz. Um, yeah, well, with the, yeah, we've got um, regional roadshows um, next week. Um, and the key key with those is just outlining um, some of the changes that have been made with the rules um, that impact, and so making sure that our participants are aware of those and what the new new rules are. So that, that's a key aim with the work, the regional workshops next week. Um, details of those, I think, are on our website. Um, I think we're going to Cambridge, Palmerston North, and the Cargill and Christchurch. Um, the other aspect is we are looking at um, introducing an education module that will be a compulsory requirement for, for all licence holders in 2023. So when they renew their licence, they will have had to have completed a module which um, will be animal welfare based in 2023. Other years it might be um, something else, but in 2023 it will be animal welfare based, outlining all the changes that have been made and requirements. Now, what we're looking to do with that module is make it um, as convenient as possible to people. So all licence holders will be able to do that online. Um, probably take them about half an hour, and they will do that online at home, but they will need to complete that module prior to getting their licence. Now, that will apply to um, all licence holders, whether they're new or whether they've been you know, in the industry for a long time. But I think that the key is you know, we will try and make it as um, easy as we can, but communicative and informative for the people completing it. And at the end of the day, you know, their support and undertaking that half-hour module you know, will be um, beneficial, hopefully, to them, but very useful from an industry perspective, and then we can demonstrate how people are taking um, animal welfare and education seriously, and I think we'll be the only code New Zealand doing that. Edward, I've been missing my road trips to uh, Whanganui. Um, the track up there has been out of commission for well over a year now, but the, um, the building of New Zealand's first straight tracks underway there at the uh, Whanganui thoroughbred track. How advanced is that, and um, do you have a timeline for the commencement of, of racing back in Whanganui? Yes, Mark, it's really disappointing. We would love to have Whanganui back as soon as we can, so that's certainly a priority for us in 2023. First things will be to reintroduce racing at Hattrick on the oval track, which we would hope to have trials commencing there sort of early to mid-February. Um, probably have about three or four weeks of trials, and then racing will recommence. 
the straight track it um, inside the thoroughbred track we're targeting a start date of uh, April for that so it's dependent on grass growing and all that sort of stuff but it, um, yeah April is the plan but the first thing will be the oval track hopefully um, mid-February. Thanks for that update and Edward there's been a few issues lately with the, the Monaco track but just looking at tracks in general and obviously there's you've outlined the progress there yeah, and Wanganui, and we look forward to the recommencement there. What steps have Greyhound Racing New Zealand taken in recent times to improve track surfaces or look at track surfaces everywhere? Yeah, probably the biggest thing we've done is the employment of Bill Wilson as our racing safety and infrastructure manager. Um, so Bill started um, with us in November, and part of his role will be working with um, the track curators around the country mentoring them and working with them to impart his knowledge to hopefully ensure we provide tracks that are consistent and yeah, from a, yeah, certainly safe for um, the animals racing there on. So yeah, that's probably the major step um, that we've undertaken. The other thing we are looking to introduce next year is um, we're you know, looking to purchase some new um, go. Yes, basically penetrometers, which are go sticks, which will be um, applied around the country. So we'll be getting consistent readings from every track, um, and a lot, you know, information provided in real time. But a, a good example today is Manicare. Clearly, there have been issues there. So that's something Bill has been working closely with the um, club and Nigel Rugg on to ensure you know, that the track is up to standard. Um, there have been issues, but with you know, with the work that's been put in and the remedial action taken there, we're, we're yeah, very confident today we'll see a, a fair and acceptable service provided. Edward, I know that you were the CEO at Harness Racing for a number of years, then you are at the TAB for a few years. Um, over the last few months, I, I also know that you've been making a massive effort to get out and about and meet basically as many stakeholders as possible. What's your impression been of, I guess, the sport as a whole and the people in the Greyhound Racing? Well, the people are great. And I think, I think that's probably the biggest asset we've got. Um, clearly, there are issues that we've got as an industry um, that you know, we need to basically ensure that our practices from an animal welfare perspective are you know best best in class and we're and you know that's always going to be a paramount concern but the, the people I talk to you know they, they love their dogs and you know they, they do everything they can by them but clearly you know we have some challenges going forward particularly you know we need to try and further enhance our rehoming programs you know and but I think if if we can get through the ministerial review, which I'm confident we will, there's some real opportunities for the code. Um, you know, we've it's economically the model's more you know more sustainable, I believe, than the equine codes. We're looking at the um, interest in greyhound racing. You know, particularly with our export revenue, it's very strong. You know, I think at race fields income in August was the highest of the, t the three codes. So we've got, you know, great. We've got to start looking at the glasses half full rather than half empty. And I think there are some real opportunities. And, you know, we've got to make sure we don't get into a siege mentality. We continue to try and be positive 
and extol the benefits of greyhound racing. Good way to finish, uh, Edward. Really appreciate your time. That's uh, Edward Rennell, the uh, CEO of Greyhound Racing New Zealand. And uh, Edward, looking forward to uh, catching up in, in 2023 and the progress that the code can make uh, under your leadership. Yeah, thanks very much, Mark. Edward Rennell there, CEO of Greyhound Racing New Zealand. He's been in the role since September the 1st. Now we are in the final show of Dog Speed, and we have... Um, a rather large list of hosts this morning. Mark Rosanowski, Elizabeth Whelan in the Batoni studio out of Christchurch, Dan Roberts and Andy McCook. And shortly we're going to be joined by Dylan Voice. Uh, Dylan, of course, works for the Jack Hart team and the Hart team's been going exceptionally well, of course, with some outstanding young greyhounds, one of whom we've mentioned this morning, Postman Pat, who unfortunately took a tumble at Cambridge the other day. We're going to catch up with Dylan, get an update on Pat and look forward to Thursday's premier meeting of the Waikato Greyhound Racing Club at Cambridge Raceway, which is an utterly outstanding card. So more on that shortly. Dog speed in the home straight here. And Greyhound Racing, we've talked about dogs who have thrilled us during 2022. And obviously a power superstar and no keeper were up there at the head of that list. There's a number of rising stars in Greyhound Racing in New Zealand and very good percentage of them are New Zealand bred. Standing at the top of that tree is Postman Pat and the Greyhound Code I think collectively held its breath on Thursday at Cambridge when Postman Pat unfortunately was checked and fell in a heat of the Waikato Classic and Dylan Boyce was up there handling the dog. Of course the dog runs from the uh, Jack Hart team and roasted by Jose Arthur and Dylan Thanks for coming on the show this morning. Um, firstly, before we look forward to Thursday's premier meeting in the Greyhounds You Heaven there, which don't include, of course, Postman Pat, what was it like for you out there handling and when you saw uh, Postman Pat went down? Um, I can imagine you were holding your breath more than most of us. Yeah, yeah, the heart was in the mouth there for a bit, Rosso. Um, yeah, just... Um... When, when I seen him kind of get up and run back round to the lure, as you know, I thought, well, he hasn't done a serious, serious thing, but I thought the way he was running, he might have just done something, but, you know, got him got him off the track, and he was walking pretty good, and he was just a bit shaken up and dazed more than anything, and he kind of brushed it off an hour or so after the race, and he was a bit sulky on the travel home, but now other than that, he seems like he's in his normal spirits this morning, and he's uh, bounced back from it pretty good. Great to hear. Um, Dan Roberts, uh, I'm going to throw this across to you because, um, of course, the Roberts team's going to be up there racing the Hart team on, on Thursday at, at Cambridge. So I think you're the man to ask the questions on uh, how the Hart team might go with Dylan. Yeah, we get to go to war again. A big trip, trip up there for me and Dills. Dills, firstly, how did you come through the trip, mate, and how have the dogs come through it? Yeah, oh, you know, it's like I went, went for a few quiets Friday night as, as normal and I was a bit, bit tired <laughs> yesterday, but... But um, nah, you, you kind of get used to it. But it's not it's not the um it's not the easiest. But now nah, we all the dogs seem happy, and I think poor old Postman Pat just hates racing dispute or not. It's that or he hates me handling them because I don't have a good record. <laughs> yeah, he's the only dog in the country to uh, cross the line ahead of him twice. I think just about. Yeah. Uh, you you only got the small team of uh, four in up there, but a quality team nonetheless. And the first of those is in race for uh, Muirfield. He's a pretty impressive winner there last start. Yeah, he's a he's a nice, honest sort of a chaser. He's not the um not the brilliantest dog, but he's 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 always goes an honest race and he's um I think it's quite a tidy field, so he's gonna have to 
he's going to have to be on to even probably run money. But yeah, he's, I think he's drawn pretty average again. But yeah, he's just he'd be our half a chance if, if he gets the right sort of run and, and, if, and if he can jump. And the next one you got in is Lucky Jack. So he, he won a, a C3 qualifying race, so he's in the final. A pretty handy final. He comes up with box seven. He was very impressive in his heat, though. Yeah, he's a, he's a nice, um, nice enough dog. He's just, um, if he, he's just a bit hit or miss at the boxes, but when he picks it, he can... Um, he's a really, yeah, like he's... He's probably actually suited drawn off the track a bit because he does hang hang um in the middle, but I quite haven't quite had a good look at the field, but he'd be um he'd be a chance of winning again. He went twenty one twenty seven first look at the track. Do you think he can go better than that come final? Yeah, um, yeah, I think he can. He's uh, it's the first time he's actually won away from Addington because we've taken him to Invercargill a few times and he. He kind of didn't see out the free ninety as like I was expecting, but he's seen that out good. So I do think he can improve. He, it's you know I think the cold dog went about the same sort of time, so that's probably the dog to beat. And uh, the third of your four, little Charlotte Lou. I think she was in the sprint heats where she ran a pretty handy third back over the four fifty. She's been a great wee dog for you guys. What are you expecting from her? Yeah, it should be a nice. It was a nice wee hit out for her, and I think she's she's. She's up against probably the one of the best one-turn dogs in the country, old Mustang Charlie. So she's up against it, but um, on her day, if she can lead it, it'll be a good wee race set if she can lead it. But she's probably running for second. And uh, the main one you're heading up there for, Big Daddy in the Waikato Classic. He comes up with box eight. He was pretty good in his heat, uh, tracking thrilling Halley the, the whole way through. Yeah, I'm happy with the draw. All I wanted, I didn't want to be drawn under uh, your dog and uh, Kerry Street. The other two dogs, I just did not want to be drawn under, so I can't complain being out out the wide. But it's, it's a tidy field, like everything in there has got, got its chance and it's going to be an intriguing race. Um, looking forward to it and hopefully we can kind of lead and he can fly the flag for us. Dylan, look, while we've got you there, um, we're talking about some dogs with some great names here. I love a dog with a great name. We've got Postman Pat, we've got Big Daddy, and you, Dylan, a few years ago, had one of the great named greyhounds in Cronk, Wink, Plonk. How do you guys come up with the names? And um, on the note of Cronk, Wink, Plonk, are you potentially thinking of getting back into training more dogs in your own right in the future? Um, yeah, well, obviously I didn't name Big Daddy in that, but um, Donald came up with them. I think he stole them off um, the syndicate, because they, they, they brought Donald's Choice, and he he stole their names because he liked them. So, um, but Croc <laughs> went plongy. Obviously, he came. He um, I know after a league player and that. But yeah, I'll get back into it. I'll probably buy another dog in the next couple of months. Probably one of the the ones from over here with Jack and have a crack with it myself. Fantastic. And and Dylan, the other thing I know is. That... You're a pretty astute punter. I've seen you in action on race day. Um, well, what's your methodology when it comes to betting? Do you watch the videos? Do you do the form? How do you um, go about taking your bets? Oh, you just, yeah. I, I, I used to probably do a bit more form, but I'm just not, don't, don't do as much now, just sort of busy enough with the dogs. And But yeah, it was, had, had my good times and now I just whack away and just more of, more of just a little bit of a fun dabble now than a, a serious dabble. Got some fun dogs to uh, to dabble on there at the the uh, Hart team there, Dylan. Just in terms of, of your progress in greyhound racing, we've been talking about the number of, of young 
people in it. Um, where do you see yourself in the future? Um, oh, oh, you haven't really. I just um, sort of just happy just doing what I'm doing here at the moment and see what happens and um, at the end of the season and yeah, we'll go from there. You're working with some of the fastest greyhounds in the country, so I know that'll get you uh, out of bed. And hey, look, all the best for Thursday up there at uh, Cambridge. Hopefully no more heart and mouth stuff, and uh, good luck there with Big Daddy out in box number eight. Beautiful, thank you. That's uh, Dylan Voice from the uh, Jack Hart team, team of four in the premier meeting on Thursday for the Waikato Greyhound Racing Club at Cambridge Raceway. And in the final segment of Dog Speed, the four of us might have a little look at uh, those features. The Waikato Classic goes at 2.48 on Thursday afternoon. Uh, the Thrilling Brat distance has drawn an outstanding field over the 7.47 at 1.54. There's also the Dennis Cole Memorial Waikato Sprint Final, never mind the Waikato Cup, etc. as well. Premier Stakes Day on Thursday. We'll preview it for you right after this with Greyhound Racing New Zealand on SENZ. About 10 minutes to go on Dog Speed. We've got a uh, full field today, Mark Rosanowski, Elizabeth Whelan, Dan Roberts, Andy McCook, and we're looking forward to Thursday's premier meeting of the Waikato Greyhound Racing Club at Cambridge Raceway. It's an outstanding card. Elizabeth Whelan, uh, Chief Operating Officer of Greyhound Racing New Zealand. This meeting has moved a little bit. It used to be Christmas Eve into New Year's Eve, and it's been moved back a little. Uh, is there a reason behind that? Uh, there definitely is. I think uh, we definitely finally took the feedback on board of everyone that, hey, it's actually not that much fun uh, for travelling trainers on Christmas Day and New Year's Day to be heading up and back to Cambridge. So we've moved the series back two weeks. Unfortunately for people like uh, Dan Roberts, you still have to make the trip, but at least it's not on Christmas Day this year. Exactly. Um, and people are willing to travel for this meeting because it is such a good one. And the Waikato Classic final at Group 2 level for $20,000 at 2.48 on Thursday afternoon has uh, some of the finest young greyhounds from around the country. How do you see it going? It's it's really tough to, to come out with, with winners when the fields are as good as this. That final is outstanding. We've got some rising stars there, I think. Um, Thrilling Hallie was excellent in winning her heat. I know you guys had Jamie Pruden and Sophie Whitaker on the show a few weeks back, and they were targeting this greyhound for that. Speaking of Jamie and Sophie, I was going through the record again. Um, the UDR at the moment is uh, 0.8357. I know they've got to have 50 starts, but it's absolutely insane. They've had 23 starters for the season, 17 winners, four seconds so far. But um, Dan, no pressure, but I thought Corborn Cardi off the back of that heat win and also has won uh, the previous start there at Cambridge would be very, very hard to beat in the final on Thursday. Yeah, I don't want to be too biased, but uh, those two starts that he had up there were simply phenomenal. Um, in my opinion, and he certainly set the time standard with a 25.30, which is about two and a half lengths quicker than uh, than the other heat winner. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's got the draw. I thought he'd be uh, awfully hard to beat. Andy McCook, uh, you're sitting there on the sideline. Any thoughts around the Waikato Classic? You've called a few of these dogs. Yeah, a couple of them go okay, don't they? Uh, i got to agree with uh, with Dan and Liz. It looks uh, Carty's race on paper. I just have to be impressed with the way he's uh, he's picking the jumps and heading to Cambridge. It's not something we've seen a lot from him down here. He's, he's picked the starter a few times, but Danny's a, a dog who tends to be doing a little bit of work in the run. We know he loves the rail, but uh, what do you put that down to? Anything uh, different at Cambridge for him as a dog to, to be picking the jump so well up there? Not, I mean, there's a handful of elements that could uh, be affecting it. Obviously a sprinter stepping up to the middle distance is always a bit of a help in terms of box speed but I, I think Cambridge has uh, quite a 
quite a lure, to be fair, and I think uh, I think that could potentially be uh, helping him get out get out of the lids a lot quicker. He might be a lot more settled in the boxes and definitely aiding him there. Comes up with a decent draw to use as well. We know he loves the rail, and Rosso, we know Carrie Street, one from your area, uh, area loves the fence as well. Comes up with an inside draw and has to be a fairly decent chance. Another a really really promising youngster. Oh, she's a terrific talent from an outstanding young litter out of All About Space, and she's got strength. She really charges through the line. So although she doesn't have wins in her recent form line, there's been some really good races there. And the first thing I looked at, Elizabeth, when this field was drawn, was to see the dogs hopefully draw near the rail that are, and Carry Street in one and Corborn Cardi in three, I think, hopefully means that, that these dogs will get their opportunity because um, you've got such a lot of talent in there with dogs like Big Daddy Sweet potentially out wider, um, that there's always um, a bit of uh, jostling going into that first bend and obviously if we can limit that, the better. Absolutely, and you've mentioned Sweet Potential. She's one of my favourites. Um, I don't mind her out in seven either. When you go back through recent runs, she's been storming home. I know when um, he first got the greyhound, Sean Codlin said this is the quickest dog that he's ever had. He's been so patient with her as well in terms of freeing her back. And um, I know that she was beaten by a big margin last week, but the way that she attacked the line, I thought that she was definitely a top three hope in the final. Race seven's the thrilling Brat distance over the 747 metres, $15,000 straight final, but what a beauty it is. And no keeper, of course, star of the show last season, the New Zealand Greyhound of the Year, and uh, a Greyhound with just under $300,000 in stakes. But he draws out in box six, Dan Robertson. Perhaps that gives uh, a chance for the rivals, uh, particularly Rowan Bale, who uh, chased them home two back in that uh, Group 2 Galway Cup. What are your thoughts on Rowan Bale at Cambridge Raceway? I think I'm, uh, I'm probably going to be biased all day here, um, Rosso, but uh, he comes up with the gun draw, and two starts ago, he looked like he was looming into it with great presence and possibly going to beat no keeper when he sort of just peaked on his run at Invercargill. Uh, Obviously, we can't knock no keeper. He's done some astonishing things throughout his career, and he's probably uh, one feature win away from $300,000 in the bank. But, yeah, I just thought Rohan was uh, drawn to get a, a nice run along the rail and make his presence felt, Andy. Yeah, he's racing really well, isn't he? Of course, we've seen him step up to the 700 with a, a fairly limited prep and, and just push keeper along for a good uh, sort of 600 metres of the 700-metre journey at Addington. and. Uh, last start uh, down at Ascot Park over the 700 for Keeper, and that track record run was uh, was solid by both of them. I think Key comes up with box one, Dan. We know he wants the rail. He's been he's been sort of crashing across from wide draws, so box one will put him straight onto the paint where he wants to be. Yeah, and it's good to see the likes of Mr. Fahrenheit here. We know how good he can be. Obviously, runner uh, third behind No Keeper and, and Thrilling Rogue in the silver collar. Interesting runner for mine, Andy Black T. She's been uh, pretty impressive in her last two 600-meter wins at Cambridge. Last two have been really good. I know the last start only in a four-dog field, but, gee, she got away to win by yeah, 10 lengths in a, a really nice time, 37.48. She's got a, a real motor. But, uh, Rosso, it's it's kind of hard to go past Rogue at the moment, isn't he? He's just dead-set airborne. He's doing it from the front. His last start win was, was solid chasing down Fern. He's, uh, he just seems to have turned the corner and uh, he's just racing right at the top of his powers. Oh, he certainly is. And um, Liz Whelan, um, Karen Walsh is just a trainer who can produce stayers on what looked like a limited preparation. And so analysts like myself will go, well, there's a question mark here, but he just keeps going out and delivering. And of course, he's got the early speed, which uh, even in a staying race, as we know, can be critical. Uh, definitely, and, and with the way the race is drawn as well with no keeper out in six. Um, one of the ones which I found interesting, um, 
when I was trying to chase off to go again, got beaten on Friday at the Petone TAB, I did watch the Noah Count race, mm. and he jumped straight to the lead, and I couldn't believe that I saw him out in front. He's clocked a good time, uh, 30.08 there on Friday, and so unlike him, he's lived in the shadow of his brother basically all his life in O'Keefe, but I think it could be interesting if he potentially picks the jump there again on Thursday. Oh, gee, I'm so looking forward to this race at 1.54, and... Dogs like uh, Black Tea that you guys mentioned, really looking forward to see her go over that further distance. And also, of course, got a young up-and-coming star, Sweet Buddy, as well with Sam Lazell. Let's go to the short course sprinters. Uh, race 11, Dennis Cole Memorial Waikato Sprint Final. We had four hits the other day over the 375 metres. And so I guess that gives us a really good line on these greyhounds. But uh, Dan Roberts, Levi Bale from the... Craig Roberts Barn, he is just phenomenal. The only dog's been able to beat beat him lately is Corborn Carty. Yeah, he's uh he's another one that's just in astonishing form and, and like Carty, he seems to be picking the jump a lot better at Cambridge and uh he was ultra impressive his last two starts there, breaking uh twenty one on both occasions. So um I thought Dad's dogs would were drawn really well all day and he's he's drawn to to maybe have a field day. Again, I thought Levi Bale was uh, the one to beat here with the way the draws worked out, Andy. Yeah, he's uh, he's racing really well, isn't he? Of course, we know he's a good fast dog and he's getting off the lids clean and putting himself in the race. And he's got the old boy to the outside, the king of Cambridge, Pedro Lee, who can just be a stride slow over the 375. So the map looks pretty clean for him on paper as well. I thought the two Udy Cotton runners been racing well, but uh, but Rosso, we know it's a, a race that every year the, the Cole team obviously target. It's a race they like winning. Uh, for obvious reasons, and they come up with a, a couple of pretty handy dogs here. Big Time Lovely was uh, was fairly good chasing Levi, but RG uh, Aston Lamont, he's been in stunning form as well. Going super, and he, he's come back from uh, quite a bad injury as well, and he's overcome that, and he's going over the short courses beautifully. He's had some good battles, of course, with Cor Liger, who is the track record holder at uh, Palmerston North. Liz, what are your thoughts on the uh, sprint final here? Do you have a fancy? Oh, that's tough. Um, I'd have to go with Levi Bale off the three. I thought Paul Elijah was a good hope there for Gary and Sandra Fredrickson. Um, I know Dan was saying earlier on he watched the Silver Collar from Columbia. I know that owner Vaughan Clark's over in Thailand until the end of the month. And knowing Vaughan, I'm sure he will find a way. Um, I think rural Thailand or something. I know he'll find a way to watch the race there. <laughs> and of course the King of Cambridge, Pedro Lee in there as well. It's uh, another wonderful race at 3.07. It's Thursday afternoon, Premier Racing from Cambridge Raceway, Waikato Greyhunter Racing Club. Only 90 seconds to go on the show. From me to you, Dan Roberts and Andy McCook. Uh, thank you. I've really enjoyed working alongside you on Dog Speed. Do you have a wish for 2023? Oh, um, I, I really want to win a group race, Rosso. So uh, I'm going to be driving all up and down the country trying to chase one of those. I think I've got a handier team. Uh, there might be one there that could probably fluke a, a group race somewhere. Um, but, no, that's probably it for me. Andy? Oh, mine's just, uh, again, personal, mate, just getting the health back on track and getting a couple of things tidied up there and uh, and uh, just trying to try, trying to nail every uh, every call I can in the box, Ros. It's never easy to do. Obviously, we never have a perfect meeting, but uh, just trying to, trying to do the best we can up in the box is, uh, is obviously right at the top of the list for me. We talk about young people in greyhound racing up and comers and the future of the sport, and you two gentlemen are that, and you two, uh, Elizabeth Whelans, Chief Operating Officer of Greyhound Racing New Zealand, and uh, a wish to finish the show for 2023. That title sounds way too growing up for me. Um, more winners <laughs> would be great, but also just in terms of the amount of work that everyone, the whole industry, has put into that review. Um, once we get through that, I want to see us thriving, not just surviving. And I think we can, absolutely, with people like you guys around us. Uh, big thanks to Robbie McFarlane. He's been our ever-reliable producer on Dog Speed. Thanks to Greyhound Racing New Zealand for making it possible. This has been the final Dog Speed on SEN. 
NZ. To everybody out there, dog speed to you.